eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Good Old Podcast. I'm Jack for Julie for a while who's 24-7 and it's been a little while since our last episode and a lot has been happening. It's been a very busy time period for Virginia football. So if you want to stay updated, make sure you head over to Wahoo's 24-7 because we have lots and lots of content about Virginia football recruiting. And obviously, um, just stay in the loop with also listening to our podcast, which should be starting up to be a weekly podcast again starting this week. Um, and then also hit that like button and hit the like button on this video so that you um, kind of help us with the algorithm. And also click on that bell so you're notified whenever we do post any new episodes. So a lot is about to happen for Virginia football because spring football is just around the corner. But this past month, it's been such a whirlwind for the UVA staff. For the first time, these coaches were able to go on high school campuses and talk to juniors. At this point of the year in January, Virginia coaches were able to go to high schools but not talk to the junior class. They were able to talk to and in-home visits with guys that are signing in February, but because of the way the recruiting calendar works now, they're now able to talk to these juniors at their school. So it's a big development, which allowed Virginia football to make some good inroads with a lot of 2025 targets. I mean, they had over 50 players visit Virginia since the dead period opened up in the second week of January. And that doesn't even count the transfers that they were able to get in on grounds and then eventually enrolled. So a lot of guys were able to visit Virginia for two official junior days because they had two big official visit junior days in the last weekend in January and that first weekend in February. But they also had a lot of visitors midweek taking advantage of Virginia men's basketball games and having some big recruits on grounds. And one of those visitors for junior day included quarterback pledge Cole Gear. And we actually are going to have Cole on the show. He's going to be our special guest in the second half of the show. Um, so it's the first time we have someone that's committed to the 2025 class on the show. So he's going to talk about a little bit about the junior day experience 
and give us a behind the scenes look of how that visit looked and his thoughts on where the 2025 class is headed and which guys he might pick to actually be close to committing to Virginia. So that's in the second half of the show. But let's talk about this month because January was a very big month for Tony Elliott and his staff. Like I said, they were on the road for several weeks and visiting several top targets. One of the first targets that Tony Elliott visited was running back Jeff Overton, who was from Freedom High School, the same high school that Cam Courtney is from. Jeff Overton visited Virginia as well during a midweek, but that was Tony Elliott's first stop. They also visited four-star defensive back Shamari Earls from Thomas Dale. Virginia was also visiting Masai Delome safety out of the 757. So they made it sure to visit several top in-state targets. And again, we have all this information on Wahoos 24-7. We've been following around and reporting on whatever these staff members were. Uh, we reported when Sheldon Robinson, the Woodbury Forest DB, had almost everyone, and I mean almost everyone, on that coaching staff. I think only maybe one or two coaches were not at his basketball game at Woodbury Forest. The coaches also went to Warwick High School to see Messiah DeLome play a basketball game using these boys' basketball games where their targets are playing as an avenue to build relationships with families and show these guys that they're a priority and it seems to be resonating with a number of guys currently right now uh 24 7 sports analysts national writer tom loy and myself have inputted two new crystal balls uh, let's take a look at the two new crystal balls that we have selected first off is deerfield tight end willem turber obviously deerfield has been a good pipeline for virginia in the last few months here with tristan ward signing with virginia in december and then his teammate cole which will be on our show later committing to Virginia also in December. So there's a pipeline growing there and things are feeling good when it comes to Willem and Virginia. He also visited for Junior Day and said that Virginia is a top contender for him. Things are looking good there for him. Another guy that things are looking good for is offensive lineman Grayson Reed. A guy, if you look at his film, is an aggressive and a tough guy. This is the type of guy you want in the trenches. He's the type of guy that would be aggressive in there. You want those big inside offensive lineman and Grayson Reed I think is a little better than what his rating shows currently on 24-7 sports but both Tom and I also selected a crystal ball for him and honestly Virginia is sitting well with a number of other prospects I mentioned Sheldon Robinson he visited for junior day um and Virginia did well with him he's not he's not a stranger for UVA he also came during the season for that game against Virginia Tech again Virginia did a good job of showing he's a high priority target and he also saw some of the staff members because assistants are allowed to visit more than once at a school, just Tony Elliott isn't. So Tony Elliott and most of the staff went to that basketball game, but then um, one of the other assistants stopped by second this time at Woodbury Forest. So he's really getting shown that he's a priority target for Virginia, and I think things are trending well with them. Wake Forest, Virginia Tech, and Duke are the other schools there, although Duke was offered by the former staff. So it's kind of up in the air and where that stands there. But Sheldon Robinson and Virginia is another one to keep an eye on Shamari Earl's recruitment kind of has blown up he just picked up an offer from Alabama he picked up several other offers over the course of that January period he also was one that Virginia didn't wait any very long to go to his school obviously Thomas Dale is bringing in um, Chris Tyree from the transfer who came from Notre Dame uh, but he's a Thomas Dale alum and you also have Ethan Minter who's currently enrolled at Virginia so that Thomas Dale 804 relationship is there um I think distance might play a little bit of role at least keep Virginia in it for a while so I think that's one of the things that I'm curious about Shamari Earls because 
over the last year, I kept hearing that distance is a factor. But when you start bringing in other teams and other big programs like Alabama, it's hard to kind of weigh those. Um, but I still think Virginia will be there until maybe possibly the end just because of where they're situated. And Virginia is doing a good job in the 804. Uh, kudos to both Kevin Downing and Keith Gaither, who both of them have done some good in-road job in that area. Um, so those are some of the guys that I would say are kind of trending in state, um, like Sheldon Robinson. I think Virginia has done, like I said, a, a good job of recruiting him. I'm just taking a look at, we actually have a list of when each guy visited and that's all on why 24 seven. So I'm just glancing on our list since it's a lot of, I, I mean, it's over 50 kids who visited Virginia. So, um, Micah Matthews, a dual sport athlete, I think Virginia did a good job of recruiting him with the help of Brian O'Connor, the baseball coach. Uh, he's a dual sport athlete. I still think it's going to be hard to sway him from Virginia Tech and UNC. I think those two are the teams to beat currently, but Virginia is certainly one that's making noise, obviously, with a very a hist- a history baseball program, and Brian O'Connor has helped. Um, and I think Virginia did a good job of recruiting him. And, of course, recruiting him as a wide receiver and having Malik Washington blow scouts away at the Shrine Bowl is certainly, certainly helping. Um, other guys to watch, defensive lineman Tommy Rupley from Massachusetts. I think he's uh, one that um, is uh, trending well for Virginia. I think Northwestern is a team to beat, so a team to be considering as well. So I think Virginia did a good job of hosting in-state athletes and then bringing them in. I mean, they were the first one to offer Christian Evans, a defensive lineman out of Stonebridge. I think he's a really good uh, defender. I think Virginia and did a good job of scouting him, being the first one on him. Now you just have to close on him. Uh, like I said, they also had Highland Springs linebacker Brendan Johnson, also had guys from you know the Maryland area. Because, yes, you're talking about in-state, but you also want to get those guys from Maryland and that D.C., DMV area. So, so defensive back Aiden West, I think Virginia did a good job. Uh, linebacker Luke Metz is from the state of Georgia. Virginia is really trying to get those guys out of Georgia. Uh, he also received a visit from a number of coaches. He came in on a Friday to visit. Again, Virginia did a good job of hosting him, and they're in the mix for him as well. Uh, Brendan Ward, a quarterback. Virginia is looking to possibly take two quarterbacks in this class. He's another one that Virginia is in a good spot. It's, I think it's between Kentucky and Virginia right now. So a lot of guys visiting UVA this class, and the board is kind of shifting a little bit because, they're, as you expect, they're getting new offers. And we kind of burn break that down on why who's 24 seven. The last week we did top five offensive players and top five defensive players on Thursday. We'll also be posting the top 10 players in state for Virginia. Um, just, and kind of having a little bit more reset, you know, last time I included guys like linebacker, Brett Clatterball. I don't think Virginia is in the mix for him. And, you know, like guys like Ari Watford, those guys, you knew that Virginia you know, those are the guys in state that you wanted to know. But at the same time, I don't think UVA is ever going to get traction with them. I think they kind of, you know, obviously, Ari Watford committed to Clemson. I think Brett Clatterball is someone that I don't think Virginia can build inroads there. I think that, I think there's better linebacker options where they have done a good job, like Grant Bierman, uh, Lakota West linebacker, who that's where uh, CJ Stalker went to high school. And actually, CJ Stalker was the one who first approached Grant Bierman. So, I think those are some of the guys that will not be included in the top 10 list that I will be uh, posting uh, on Thursday on Wahoo's 24-7. So a lot of information um, and a lot of new offers are out. So we're going to be updating the board and kind of making a realistic board. So taking out a few guys I think Virginia is trending away from, 
but then also adding thoughts on who they're trending. We're actually going to do a, another who's trending on Friday as well on the site to kind of get a, a good bearing because right now, with, I mean, National Signing Day was on Wednesday, but it didn't feel like National Signing Day because no one signed with Virginia as far as high school athletes. They just introduced um, transfers, and Virginia head coach Tony Elliott even mentioned that that now they're kind of turning their attention of retention of guys, you know, because you you have your eye set on the spring transfer portal, so you're kind of eyeing on which guys you can keep at UVA, and obviously also keeping a tabs on possibly bringing another cornerback. Um, CB is definitely something that Virginia has been looking for. They just haven't found the right fit in the portal. And even at, in the high school ranks, that was something that they were open to as well. Didn't find that guy in January. So they're still open to it in the spring portal. So, and they're also, they also have to be open because if there's attrition in any position, they have to be ready to bring new guys over. And that's one of the challenges of that recruiting calendar. So that's kind of the. I guess the Cliff Notes version of what happened in January for Virginia. I think UVA did a good job of hitting the road. Um, Virginia also did a, a good job of just getting those priority targets in. So um, this is a good stop, a place to stop for a quick break. Then we're going to have Co-Gear coming on the shows. And then I had the much-awaited questions that you guys submitted um, a while back before um, I was sick, so I couldn't get to the podcast. So those questions will also be answered after the break and after Cole Gear's interview. So we'll take a quick break. And then on the flip side, Cole will join us on the show. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hello and welcome back to the good old podcast. I'm Jackie French Julie for Oahu's 24-7. And alongside me is Cole Gear, Virginia Commit. Cole, thanks so much for joining us today. Of course, it's a pleasure to be on. So, uh, Cole, you just were back in Charlottesville for a junior day visit. How was it coming back as a Virginia? Um, it was awesome um, being out there, um, being down there. Um, it was the first time I was being able to be down there with the students um, because most of the other times I was down there, it was just um, a lot of the football guys uh, during the summer. So being able to see the campus alive with the students was pretty awesome. Um, being able to be down there with some other offered uh, athletes and some of the guys that they were really uh, recruiting hard um, and being able to um, – talk to them, meet them, meet their families. It was pretty awesome. So take us a little bit 
uh, in your visit? Like, what did you do? How was your kind of itinerary for yeah. today? Um, so it started around 10:45. Um, so registration started at 10. Um, that was from 10 to 10:45. Was really a time where I was just walking around, talking to some of the different coaches, um, different kids that were there. Um, and then around 10:45, it started. Um, introduced uh, the whole coaching staff, and then um, Coach Elliot really got into um, his recruiting pitch and um, how he grew up. Um, almost his life story and how he ended up at UVA, um, which is pretty awesome. Um, I've been able to listen to it once or twice before, but um, every time I'm learning something new about him, um, he's an honest, humble guy, um, someone I really want to play for. Um, and then after that, um, we got into different meetings. So the offensive guys met with uh, Coach Kitchings, um, defensive guys met with um, the defensive coaches, and then uh, went over some of the offense, offensive play style. Um, and then after that, we got a, a new tour of the new facility being built, um, which is pretty awesome. Um, it's going to be uh, done, I think, June 6th. So uh, most of the new guys will be able to be in there when it's brand new. I'm excited to be in there in a couple of years. Um, and then after that, um, we got a tour, uh, a little tour of the campus, got to uh, walk to the rotunda, uh, see grounds a little bit. Um, and then we got a photo shoot. Was there anything I know you, you committed to Virginia, you've been to Virginia before, but was there any surprises or biggest differences that you see on this visit? Yeah, uh, like I said before, um, this was the first time I was able to see uh, uh, campus when there was actual students. So it really came alive when I was down there with me, uh, with my parents, um, something that I haven't really seen before. Um, and I was really eager to see how how the campus would um, shape out with students there. Um, but it was awesome. I really see myself there. Um, it seems like an awesome place, awesome environment. So, yeah, you committed back in December. How do you feel about that decision? And, you know, when you see Taylor Lamb and Tony Elliott does kitchens, what is kind of their big message to you now as a commit? Yeah. Um, no regrets. I love it down there every time I've been down there. Um, but their biggest thing is just, um, I'm, I'm the quarterback commit, you know, um, I'm, I'm going to be the face of this program, face of the class. So really shaping up, uh, this recruiting class, um, almost finishing or finalizing the 2024 class, doing whatever I can to help that. And then really digging into this 25 class. Um, and we've already started really well with John Adair and Isaiah Robinson. Um, and then I'm just, I'm just talking to whoever, uh, coach Kitchings, um, coach Sparrows, coach Elliott, coach Lamb send my way. So. I was going to say you tweeted that big things are coming in 2025. Yeah. So which are some of who's I, I'm, I'm guessing Willem is one of the guys you're talking to. Oh, but who yeah. are some of the guys you recruited? Yeah. So um, Willem's Willem's my neighbor. So we go to the same boarding school. So our dorm, our dorm rooms are right next to each other. So I'm always, I'm always talking to him about um, his decision. Um, and then there's a couple other guys, um, uh, center Grayson Reed, who I just saw you put a crystal ball on. Um, I've been talking to him a lot. Um, I was, uh, I had the honor of playing against Tommy Rupley, who is a defensive lineman out of Belmont Hill. Um, I've been talking to him a little bit. Um, there's a couple other names that Coach Kitchings and Coach Elliott have been talking to me about. And then when I was down there for the junior day, I was able to uh, meet Jarrell Boulder, um, Jarrell Kemp, some of those athletes that I really want around me in the future. So would you put a crystal ball in for Willem? I'm always, yeah, I'm always, I'm always confident with my recruiting ability. Um, and then my, our other teammate, Tristan Ward, 
Um, he's he's also a, a UVA commit. Um, he's still here at Deerfield, so we're always we're always pecking at one, see what his decisions are. But he he has some great opportunities and more on the way. But making sure that UVA stays at the top is my goal. So pretend that we're Willem right now. What is your recruiting pitch to him? Um, my first my first thing goes to uh, Coach Elliot. Um, he's he's the guy that you want to play for um, and be behind leading onto that field. Um, and then after that, I'd say um, I've I've been able to talk to some of the recruits, like recruits or commits like John Rogers, Chase Morrison, Tristan Ward, um, Keyshawn Adams, those kind of guys. And those are the guys that I want to be around playing with. And then at the same time, um, you have a great education at UVA. Then I'm, I always tell Willem uh, going through this recruiting process, um, when you go, when you go on a visit, you want to see uh, the school without football and just looking at UVA, there's, there's no doubts about the school, um, the place it is with the education that it has. It's, it's, it's a no brainer. You went through this recruiting process. I remember when I first talked to you, you said you wanted to get it done quickly. Now that you got it done quickly, do you, do you regret doing it quickly? Is it something that you were like, no, I needed to do this because I wanted to be that recruiter? Um, I have no, I have no regrets about how uh, fast or quickly I f- finalized the recruiting process because um, however long these are, uh, any recruit really takes their time, um, they're trying to find the place that's right for them. And I was lucky enough that I found that place quicker than other people can find that place. Um, and having to do so, I can I can really start the uh, recruiting process on the other end, trying to uh, get guys to join me in this recruit class. Did you learn anything about yourself during the recruiting process or kind of was shocked at something that happened? Um, really just... Um, how like how i can recruit i feel like um my boarding school we can we can recruit so just uh being able to learn how how i can talk to different people um is really just what i learned yeah i'm guessing as a quarterback you have to have that skill set too because you are a leader on the offense definitely definitely being able to being able to listen to different people listen to different opinions about different places different people like it's awesome being able to be a quarterback and being able to lead, lead and just talk to different people um, and almost persuade them into the UVA football program. Now with, you know, you're going back, coming back from injury. Now you're, you're kind of getting back to, for your season, in your season here, what is something that you're working on and how healthy are you right now? Um, I just got cleared on Monday. So after I, uh, after I broke my leg in our final game, um, I was just cleared on Monday to, go back to regular activity. So really what I'm focusing on right now is just um, just building, just building every day, making sure I stay consistent with accuracy, um, consistency with consistency with my uh, footwork, all that. Um, and then talking to coach, uh, coach Lamb and seeing what he wants from me. Um, he has a pretty good relationship with my quarterback coach, Mike McCarthy out of uh, Boston. So being able to listen to both, both of them who have a great, great knowledge of the position in sport, uh, being able to gain information from both of them is perfect. I'm guessing it was nice to get that that clearance for you. You'd probably be itching to get back. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'm not I'm not very patient when it comes to those type of things, um, you know. But 
I, ha- I have, I've had a lot of time off just from football to now. So just being able to recover and get, get back up to 100% was awesome. All right. My final thing is let, let's say you were putting in two crystal balls. Who would they be in for? Who do you think is going to commit to Virginia next? Um, I'm going to go with my teammate, Willem. Um, just because our connection, I, I believe in it. He believes in it. Um, he was able to come down with me this junior day. Um, just being around Tim and all the coaches around us. Um, it was great, great atmosphere, great love that they showed him and me. Um, and then the other one, um, I'll throw, I'll throw Tommy Rupley in there. Um, just, I've been, I've been talking to him a lot recently. Um, I know, I know he's got some other, other schools that he's also looking at, but just being able to talk to talk with him going through his thought process. Um, just being able to show a little bit more love to him with the coaches, all that. But those two, those two, I'd throw the crystal ball on. Thanks, Go, for playing around and uh, giving us some crystal ball picks, of too. Course, I appreciate of course, it. Of course. All right. And I hope you have a, a good night. And uh, congrats on being cleared. Thank you. Thank you. It was great being on here. Well, thanks again for Co for joining us on the show. Again, it's always nice to have a perspective from these guys who are taking recruiting visits and then getting the behind the scenes look of how a recruiting visit looks like at Virginia. We had one with John Rogers uh, during the last cycle when he talked to us about his official visit. So it's nice to get a junior day perspective as well, especially from a a commit who can give us some of the lowdown of where he thinks um, certain players are trending. So like I promised, we're also going to touch base on some of these questions that you guys asked in around mid-January. So one of the things um, that I got asked is, What's the upside of this offensive line in 2024? I think Virginia, this upside is you're not talking about new pieces. You're talking about one new piece in Drake Metcalf and helping out you get more depth in that position. A guy who's who's got experience in playing college football. You had the return of Brian Stevens, who was one of the best centers in college football. In the ACC, he did a really good job in his first year technically playing center. So you have him returning, you have Blake Steen returning, you have Mikhail Bully returning, you have Noah Josie returning, you have Ty Furnish returning, you have guys like Houston Curry, who we've been hearing and we've discussed this a while, it was 24-7, as when he's not injured, he's a guy that turned heads when it comes to the coaching staff. Uh, Charlie Patterson, you also have Jack Whitmer, who moved to tight end and to O-line last year. So you have a lot of guys that can allow depth and you have experience there and you have guys that can have more rotational pieces. This is also the second year for Terry Heffernan at Virginia. You also have him being more comfortable and getting the guys that he wants in the high school ranks, uh, you know, like Grant Ellinger, um, Cole Serber. So those guys that Terry Heffernan wants to add to the team. So again, you're going to see a couple of those guys. So I think um, Virginia is in a better place when it comes to the offensive line. I think I think it's the better place in the O-line since my first year covering Virginia, which was Broncos last year when they had Olu at center. I think this is the best spot I've seen Virginia's O-line because I'm not coming into the season saying, what are the questions in the O-line? Who's going to be in which position? And what's your thing? We were, we kind of have a good idea of what the seven, eight players that will be featured in the O-line going into the season, which is unlike any of the other seasons that I've covered apart from that first year. Um, I think when it comes to who someone asked who is poised to make a, a big leap um, this year, uh, I think when you look at that O line, I think I would say Blake Steen 
would be one to watch because he was coming into his own towards the second half of the season. So I expect him to kind of get more of a leap. Noah Josie had po- had ending had surgery at the end of the season. He's one of the guys that I I'm hearing might not be available for spring, but I think when he's healthy, he is one that I think can take another good leap. Him and Mikhail Boley had a good had a good chemistry going on that left side. But I'm curious to see Houston Curry, a guy who have mentioned, and even Tony Elliott mentioned on National Signing Day as a guy when healthy, what he can do and what type of rotational piece he can bring. Um, I at the moment I. You know, I expect some attrition in the spring. It's kind of a different, the spring portal is so, so close in um, such a narrow window. So I'm not sure how, how guys are going to approach this or even how teams are going to approach it because the pool and the timing is just so close to when you want guys to enroll in the summer. So it's going to be an interesting dynamic this year and how the attrition works. I do expect some attrition or possible attrition. There are some guys that I feel like I was awaiting word when it came in December and they did not uh, or decided to stay and they might reevaluate their circumstances depending on where they end up in the depth chart come the spring. So at the moment, I don't see attrition from this group, but that's a question mark because um, of how things go in the spring. Um, I think having more depth at the tight end position, the question is how will having more depth at tight end help the unit next season? I honestly think having a guy like Sage Ennis, who is known for his blocking for the in the run game, I think will certainly help the O-line establishing the run, which is what Des Kitchings and Tony Elliott has wanted to do, having a more balanced offense. I also honestly think having depth and having two quality tight ends and Tyler Neville and Sage Ennis kind of join in um, to the tight end group that they already have, which includes Carson Gay. I, I think those are the guys that you can add more weapons for your air attack, especially when you consider that Malik Washington is no longer there. So you're going to miss a guy that's over a thousand yard receiving. So you're going to have to try to find someone to give the ball to. Obviously, Chris Tyree, uh, Notre Dame wide receiver transfer is someone you're going to expect, but I would expect Tyler Neville to be one of your pass catchers as well. All right. Um, it says here, are we adding any O-line in the spring? I think at this point, there's only there's only one scholarship opening. I think Virginia needs a nutrition before they even consider that. Tony Elliott said they're looking at cornerback. So the secondary, and especially at corner, they really lack that experience depth. And they've been really hunting for someone in the portal. They even went to the high school ranks to try to balance that class. So as of right now, I think that is their priority. They're also getting like kind of like a best available. If you have one scholarship off or one scholarship to give, and that's the only one, if you have no attrition in the spring, you either get that position at corner or you're going to get the best available. So maybe there's an O-line, but um, yeah, I just don't think that that's their priority right now. I think they're really happy at where they are at the offensive line. Um, the next question is how does the inside operation feel like in the third year with strength and conditioning recruiting coaches? Um, and I think it's a smoother. It's always the third year is going to be smoother. I think the recruiting department is definitely different. I think they're also, I think, unfortunately, this is the first off season that I think Virginia has had a true off season. I mean, the first off season, Tony Elliott was just hired second off season. Unfortunately, you had the shooting going into it and you had these coaches having to go to work after an event that no one knows. There's no playbook of how to handle that emotionally and just trying to get you know, the the program and these athletes, the help they needed. So I think this is the first true off season where we can really see what the staff is capable of doing and especially navigating these new rules. I think Virginia did a good job, especially in state 
of going in um, to different high schools. So I, I, there's definitely more, I guess, the same message or more cohesive, more of a plan this year. But again, I can't grade them the first year because Tony Elliott wasn't even on grounds for that long and he didn't have a complete coaching staff until mid-January. And then on the flip side last year with the with the shooting, it was really hard to kind of gauge. And also that was the first year of the portal itself. So it's a lot of uh, variables there. I think they, and then one of the questions are, do you think there's going to take multiple 2025 quarterbacks? I mentioned that, um, that I think they will. So I think he, I think one of the guys is Brennan Ward is a quarterback to watch. All right. And then let's see. Let's see what other. Uh, someone asked if um, it took the staff three years to realize they need to hit the road. This staff has been on the road. I don't know where that narrative has come where this staff has not been on the road recruiting. This staff has been on the road recruiting since they got to Virginia. I mean, I remember covering a reporting that, you know, Tony Elliott was with Snoop for an in-home visit. And that's when they got him to commit when he went at the Brazilian Steakhouse. And then I also reported them going to Cam Robinson's baseball game. I also reported that, you know, they were at his school to visit. Again, I think there's also that illusion or, or that perception because this year they were able to take pictures of recruits. They forget, like I mentioned on top of the show in January last year, they weren't able to do that. That was against NCAA rules. They couldn't do that. They couldn't talk to kids. I mean, if a kid says hi, you have to go like hi and then walk away because that could get you in trouble. So they couldn't do that. So Maybe that's the perception because they're allowed to do that this year. So like, oh, they're finally doing like, no, they just weren't allowed to do that last year. They still were hitting the road. I mean, I remember being at a Highland Highland Springs football game and getting a source telling me that Tony Elliott was that Benedictine seeing defensive lineman Joe Starlings. And then I was writing that story on my phone while watching Highland Springs football play. So that was, you know, during that cycle, that was the first winter that the staff was there. Um, and, you know, Keandre Walker, I mean, Dre Walker, he's another guy that Virginia watched as well. So, and we reported on that as well. So I don't know if it's just that because this January, you were able to see it more on social media and there's that perception there, but this staff was hitting the road. I think they've been more effective on who they target. I think they, they, they've been doing a good job. And also they have had established relationships with these 2025 kids a lot longer. So maybe that's where also the perception is, but there is a couple of things um, that are a little bit better, but I, I think the perception that they weren't hitting the road earlier is a little off. They were hitting the road. I think is just one, it's out there more. And I think too, they're targeting some of the athletes that just have better relationships off and fit the profile a little bit better now. Um, favorite food dish or co uh, for cold nights in the winter. Ooh, that's a good one. I don't know. Um, probably I love broccoli cheese soup and cream and mushroom soup. Um, I'm also love hot chocolate. So, but I guess that's not a food, so, but I do like soups, um, and French onion soup. That's also a good one too. Um, and if you're, if you understand, um, Portuguese, if you happen to be one of the, if, I don't know if you know, understand Portuguese, I love mingaus. That's what my mom makes. Um, it's kind of a Brazilian pudding sweet. It's with, uh, made out of cornstarch or corn flour. Um, so that's what I like too on a cold night is that so um that's all some of the questions that we have for you sorry it took me a while again it just happened that we had the snowstorm then we had um illness and then i'm just getting back 
to 100%. So um, so things just happen. So I apologize for that. And again, we're going to try to get this podcast going again on a weekly basis. Um, I'm finally getting back to full strength, so or at least somewhat there. So I'm hoping to kind of get back there and just in time for a uh, spring football. So I appreciate you guys and your patience as we uh, kind of get back to the full swing of things. And also, if you want, just head over to Wahoo's 24-7. And we'll have all that coverage, including where the staff is. And obviously, we're going to be previewing spring football, who starts in just a little over a month away. And obviously, with the spring game coming in April, and then you got the transfer portal coming in spring. So a lot of stuff is happening. Of course, basketball coverage, too, since I will be traveling with the basketball team once they start March Madness. So again, thank you so much for listening. We'll be trying to come back here next week. I won't guarantee a day. It would just be a weekly podcast until we kind of get into a rhythm um, in how things are going. So again, thank you so much for listening. And I hope you guys have a great rest of your week and a great weekend. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.